Hello and welcome to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. I'm your host, Wyndham Lewis, and I'm here with my brother, Jeremy Sartori. It is a Brother, Brother podcast. Uh, Jeremy, who sounds like he's currently throwing something around the room. Um, today, we are still stuck in quarantine, and it looks like we will be for the foreseeable future. So we're going to do our first What Are You Listening To episode of the year, which is basically introducing new music. I think in this one, uh, we will talk about several albums that we've been listening to a lot lately um, to try and wean you off television. Um, and yeah, the, the but idiot, also, idiot you know, maybe... is killing America right now, God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, but I think also, you know, maybe throw in a couple of uh, oldies because I know we've been uh, revisiting um, some albums start to finish. Definitely, yeah. Um, and that noise you hear is my uh, my quarantine dog banging around a bone, which I'm going to remove from it right now. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so Jer, uh, what are you listening to? Um, yeah, so the first one I want to talk about is um, the new Waxahachie album from... Uh, Katie, I always like script on her last name. Katie Crutchfield. Crutchfield, yeah, Katie Crutchfield. So um, I'm a you know big fan of all of her work. I almost want to say she's hitting hitting a grand slam with this one, and um, you know she hit the scene um, a few years back. Has consistently been putting out albums, and you know follows up. I think probably her most critically acclaimed album to date. Um, which was out in the storm, which was seemed very like sort of autobiographical about um, you know what seemed to be kind of a breakup, and and she's gone from Brooklyn to Philly back to her native Alabama, and uh, I think it might be one of the first records where she's without her sister, who's kind of gone full time into um, swearing the merge merge yeah. band, who I think eternally will be opening up for Superchunk, <laughs> good fun band to go see, um, but you know. Definitely a little more of that indie, and, and you can kind of hear that departure here. This is an album I heard her interviewed around the time Out in the Storm came out um, with Chris Ryan, obviously uh, Philly connection there from The Ringer, and I, I, a really enjoyed the interview. I, I think her albums are, are excellent. I think musically there, there's a lot of depth there, but there, there's always been kind of an indie aesthetic that I like, and then kind of a pop sensibility, and just a good songwriter and a good voice. And uh, at the time, she had mentioned, this was probably a couple years back, that she, her next album, she wanted to kind of go back to a little more of a, a folky sound or, or a little more acoustic sound. And I wouldn't say this album is folky or acoustic, but definitely has that roots Americana um, sound going for yeah, sure. She, she sort of went full Jason Isbell in, in all the good ways. Yeah, really did. And, and it was one of those ones, like I heard the first single, New Rose, and I just... Um, you know, was was kind of like, oh, this could go either way. Like, this could be... Because it was definitely way more produced. It was, um, you know, there was there was definitely... I'm sorry, the new single, Fire. And then, um, you know, I'd heard that before the album came out, album being St. Cloud. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where you, you have an artist, like, almost like the Sharon Van Etten, where all of a sudden somebody who, you know, was pretty lo-fi to an extent or DIY um, branching out and, and, and becoming you know larger in, in sound and scope but man the album just keeps getting better and better and it, it you know it's it's one of those ones like I think Witches is a great song I think uh, Arkadelphia is a great song Ruby Falls um, you know it was one of those ones where like to my surprise the single was not the highlight which uh, often is when a new album's released 
Well, I think that's sometimes the hallmark of a great album. It's like, you know, there's they're better contextually inside the album. You know, I can think of a, a you know dozens of of examples of that where you hear the single and you're kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's not like uh, you know, it's not like uh, Hey Ya or, or Crazy by Gnarls Barkley where you're like, holy shit, I can't wait to hear the rest of it. You know, it's it yeah. just sort of because it lays perfectly into a, a you know a song cycle. Um, you don't, you know, it's hard to pick out the one. I always remember like singles from people like Mercury Rev that, you know, never sounded that great out of the context of the album because the album was so perfectly sequenced and, and laid together. No, definitely. And I mean, it makes sense. The producer of this record was Brad Cook, who was, you know, kind of best known for his work with Bon Iver and, and his Golden Med- Messenger. Um, you know, there is a warmth to this album that I think her other albums definitely had a little bit more um, distance. Yeah, a little more distance or lo-fi-ness. Again, I don't like, you know, you don't listen to this album and you're not like, oh my God, she's gone full sort of Britney Spears or something. It's not like, you know, or full like new country. It's not overly produced to the point. I think some of that is because, uh, you know, I believe she's a pretty talented multi-musician, you know, she multi-instrumentalist, so she can play a lot of different things. Um, and, you know, so there's a little bit of a personal touch there, but, but yeah, I, I'm, it's probably like, you know, up there for one of my faves of the year so far. It's going to go on album of the year already. Album of the year, <laughs> album of the quarantine. Yeah, yeah. it's a, uh, it's it's interesting. You've had a lot of time to to do your research. So. Yeah. <laughs> My first album is uh, my first album's uh, "Heavy Light" by U.S. Girls, and um, I've been, you know, it really I've enjoyed U.S. Girls' uh, first couple of albums, and I think this one is is um, again a, a st- a, another step in the, in her growth. The, the her uh, in question is Meg Remy, uh, an American musician who's uh, relocated to. Toronto, Canada. I've been based out of Toronto for for a number of years now. Um, it's it, it's funny. I was listening to it just before we got on, and and you know it starts off. I think you're I think you're really gonna. This will be your entry point for U.S. Girls because I know you haven't been a, a huge fan up until now. But um, this is the one I think you're you're really gonna dig. Um, starts off with you know three songs right in a row, four American dollars, um, and. Uh, uh, Four American Dollars kicks it off and then um, Outline and then um, IOU. And it's got this weird kind of, I kept thinking like this is what every single one of these songs would be what a popular singer songwriter in the 70s would have done as an album track where they were like, okay, I'd like to do a little bit of, you know, I'd like to 
um, take a little bit of a uh, 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 departure or risk on this one, you know, be like the, whatever, you know, rate, you know, sort of Jamaican tinge song would be on a Carly Simon record or, <laughs> or a Carol King record or something. But this whole, you know, it doesn't sound as, as, um, much of a departure anymore, but she does have that sort of vocal warmth. And, and I don't think, you know, I'm just judging from my listen. So I apologize if I'm wrong about this, but, you know, I, I think she's more of a crafter of songs than she is a sort of vocal Olympian, um, you know, where there's like, again, a sort of warmth to her voice and a, and a um, sincerity and, and, you know, a really excellent writer. Um, but I don't think, you know, she would go toe to toe with like a Christina Aguilera or something. I think her, she stays within, um, you know, the, the, her vocal range and, and really the, the concentration is on the song craft and, and the writing and then the delivery of the song which makes everything. Um, that said, uh, it's, um, you know, it's a very 70 sounding record. It, uh, it different than wise blood, which was sort of sounded like it could have been dropped in the seventies. This one sounds like a seventies, heavily seventies influenced record, but it has that sort of, um, same way, you know, sort uh, of you, like a, uh, Mitski had kind of for you, like, uh, not that that had the same sound, but like just the kind of artistry, I guess. Yeah, I think it's you know I think you're talking about a very very talented and, and to you know to great Katie Crutchfield of Waxahachie, yeah. um, you know somebody who's just very good uh, at crafting a song. Um, that's uh, me being very repetitive, but I do think um, you know this every single song on this is really um, you know very listenable, very easy on the ears and then but it, it you, you sort of delve deeper and you put the headphones on and you realize i i don't think you probably re, you know had this because you're younger and but I, I always remember in the 70s you'd get a song like dancing in the moonlight or, or something where you know you don't realize there's like eight guys in the band because it's you know you just kind of comes together as a whole so well but yeah. there's you know there's a there's a bongo player and a guy playing marimba <laughs> and you know there's that's what it kind of sounds Is like the marimba I mean, the thing that you like hit and then slide a stick across and it makes no that's a wera a wera sorry yeah you're getting you're getting your third grade percussion instruments mixed up but it does have that like I mean it's a weird thing to sort of um, you know to, that was to my pull up a to cake, play in music class <laughs> a king thing. harvest <laughs> reference <laughs> yeah. but it yeah but it does it has like that like studio musicians playing slightly um, you know world music that in in a, in a very 70s am context it's, it's, it's a, a funny that, i mean i think there you know I, I, I hate to say like it started back in whatever but i do think you know just from the time you and i have uh you know, been sort of in the indie scene and I actually like, or watched and listened to, um, I ended up watching a uh, really bad documentary in quarantine on, sorry to sidetrack here, but I'll get to the point on Pearl Jam. <laughs> on, like, oh, yeah. I don't even know if it was Amazon. I think it was just like local cable network or something. And, um, it was like FUBU. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, the South Pole and, uh, like, uh, you know, but the one thing I just noted there, and it, there were some interesting things just having lived through that era, but, like, just how, like, anti, 
you know, how badly they just wanted to be like authentic and kind of anti celebrity and, and, you know, an, mm-hmm. anti good, even though they were really good at what they did. Right. I mean, they were like good musicians and, and I think like what I, what I think, you know, I kind of remember it to me and you mentioned Mercury Rev earlier, it was like that flaming lifts, soft bulletin, Mercury Rev where like huge musicianship kind of became, you know, and, and production became a lot more accessible cool and yeah. And, and like, okay. In that world, I think the Brits always had a piece of that because those bands were much more popular over there. Um, but you know, I think in, in us and I, I feel like that's a big, you know, that's been a big push with us girls well, think, and, you know, St. Vincent and, you know, uh, vampire weekend and a lot of these people that are, you know, kind of blowing up. Yeah. I think, I think one of the things that, you know, I mean, I think punk was an answer to prog rock yeah. and then indie, you know, uh, or late eighties, early nineties, indie rock was a, you know, sort of, uh, a reaction to what was on the radio, which was this hyper, yeah, but there's also this hyper technical kind of guitar work and stuff. I mean, you know, Steve Malcolm is for as lazy as he wants us to believe he is. He's a great he's guitar a really player. fucking good guitar player. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and there's, you know, it's, it's sort of like don't show your work, but then, you know, people aged out of that. And, uh, you know, thankfully, I think. Yeah. And now there is a, um, you know, there's a sort of refocusing on, on um, musicianship and not being afraid to sort of uh, try. Um, no, as it definitely, were. or to be big. I mean, and I think there's also a you know you don't need record labels and you don't need as much cash and things like that either. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still I still harbor my theory about the uh, about the Justin Timberlake um, corollary, where you know as soon as Timberlake was able to go from being a boy band to being a cool guy and. Uh, um, then the whole sort of facade of, of authenticity and, you know, corporate backing kind of fell apart and everybody is just trying to make music now and instead of, um, you know, instead of trying to define their, Yeah, you're uh, not trying to be in a scene or in a uh, sellout. Yeah, or, or, or just being, being embarrassed in front of your friends for trying to uh, succeed. No, Totally. It's funny, and, I, and to your point, earlier point, though, I, I do like this album um, as well. I need to probably give it a little more time, more time than, you know, as much time as you and Christian probably have, but um, but I, I really liked it off the bat. It was, you know, kind of hit me. The last one I, I do like and kind of respect, but I don't find myself drawn to it, and this one mm-hmm. I can definitely see, like, popping on more and more. So let's hear a uh, track off of it and uh, get to the, uh, yeah, the next Yeah, four American dollars. Sounds good.
Well, speaking of of uh, getting huge and being very unrepentant about um, your desire and uh, uh, your ability to, to become a worldwide star, the next song I was going to talk about is Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. Um, and uh, this is a woman, uh, Dua Lipa, and when I, uh, who is unabashedly going for it and is really going about it in a you know clever way. Um, not in a particularly tricky or, or, you know, original path, but just everything seems to be falling in the right order for her as a performer. I mean, she's 24 years old, I think. She's a former fashion model, and a, a, but, you know, a, a, was, a, was a singer and musician before she was discovered uh, for the modeling world. And, um, you know, put, put out a couple of very good singles. She's a Brit. Uh, a Kosovan Brit, um, so uh, she is a Kosovo native, um, which some people would. I'm not going to get into Balkan politics right now. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's heavy but, times. Um, heavy you know, times. You don't need to. Yeah, I mean, I think she's. You know, as it's officially drawn up now, she might fall into being called Serbian. But um, she's a Kosovan. Her parents were uh, musicians, I believe. Uh, moved to London. Born in Kosovo. Moved back to. London, moved to London, moved back to uh, Kosovo, and is really kind of on the cusp of becoming, you know, sort of Ariana Grande-sized um, pop star. Um, the actual sound of the record, I mean, it's incredibly well-produced. Every single song on it sounds like a single. Yeah. Um, and sounds like you're going to be hearing it all summer long if, if they don't cancel if summer. If there is a summer. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's interesting, too. I mean, I, I remember seeing the name Dua Lipa and not knowing if it was a group or, you know, some sort of uh, name that I, I was, you know, kind of not understanding. And it is, it's her name. Um, and it's, uh, you know, she's like our like our friend Nilufer Yanya, um, you know, sort of an immigrant to um, Britain. Um, but also, uh, like our friend Nilufer Yanya, knows how to rip a song to pieces and uh, is kind of got like a, you know, for the, I don't, again, I don't think she's going to be in the vocal Olympics w- with the likes of uh, Mariah Carey and Christina Aguilera. She kind of has a low, lower register voice, but it's it's really used well and almost kind of like has Tovalo's Nice. Playfulness, yeah, but has Ariana Grande's star power. Has the yeah the power to take it to the next level. Yeah, she's gonna be just. It's all you're gonna hear about in a little bit. Good. Yeah. No, it's good. I'll have to uh, turn my uh, the girls onto it because uh, unless they'll turn me onto it before I know. Yeah, they probably already know. Don't start now. Yeah. Um, and physical is is I think the next single. Um, but yeah, it's it's the best Balkan pop. Uh, mega <laughs> star sense. record you're going to hear in 2000, uh, 2020. Sorry. The best so thing I, since uh, Lonnie Devots to come out of the Vulcan. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. What's your next? What's uh, the next so mine's you're a, to? decidedly less ambitious. Well, actually, pretty ambitious, but, but uh, decidedly going to be less popular. Um, <laughs> the men's album, Mercy. And uh, yeah. the band, I think we all at the Brother, Brother, Brother pod love. Um, they kind of 
you know, tend to sprawl a little bit in style. Um, Shapeshift. Yeah, it just kind of goes from, you know, Stooges, Velvet Underground style. Uh, well, I mean, you know. Open Your Heart was a full-on Buzzcocks tribute record as yeah, far as I was concerned. Yeah, Open Your Heart, one of my favorites in an album that I still play quite a bit. Um, and then with Mercy, you know, you kind of get into like a little bit more of a, a full-blown rock and roll and then Slash kind of like, you know, with some some... I don't want to say balladry, but I guess like slower tempo no, songs like, that are, um, you know, almost like stonesy or, or kind of, you know, rustic and, and kind of Americana in a sense. Yeah, you can't pin a label on these guys. They're, they're, no, they they've been around of like, for... Yeah, they're kind of like that, that mystery band that I think like, and this is completely uh, made up in my mind, but the way I used to make up things about bands that I knew nothing about because I couldn't read about them. Um, but they just remind me of kind of like a, you know, a, a group of guys in New York that do, you know, that probably all play in 10 different bands and get together and, and put out a great album every few years, you know? Yeah. Uh, like a sort of broken social scene, but yeah, like broken social people. scene or, you know, a, you know, an early, you know, less, uh, ambitious degeneration or something like that, you know? I think they, I think they have shed a lot of personnel over the years. I think it's a sort of revolving cast. Less of a collective, like a you know, broken social scene is, but and more of like uh, one guy who keeps, uh, keeps continually cycling, con- cycling through things. And I think it, you know, to his credit, I think it it sort of forms to his whim. I've listened to this album a lot myself. Yeah, I mean, there's like gospel tinge stuff. I mean, it's like you know, what's the one song "Waiting in Dirty Water," which is like yeah, you know, straight up, you know. Uh, I mean, again, Just what we're, we're kind of harping on the '70s here, back before there was. Uh, TV and internet to entertain you in quarantine, but um, but yeah, I mean, I think this album—not to say this album's like very, you know, it's super seventies, but they've always had a little bit of a throwback sound to me. In a, in a yeah, good they've, way. They're, they've always, without being derivative, they've always, you know, sort of signaled pretty strongly their influences. And in this one, I don't even know who their influences are on this one. It's sort of like no, I you find know, it's this almost, to be it, a little bit almost um, kind of ambitious in the sense that it's like you know, it seems. A, again a little bigger and a little uh, spread out in terms of what style they're kind of hitting and they don't seem to give a shit which I've always liked about this band <laughs> yeah I think that's my favorite thing about them is that like if there was ever an expectation of what would come next for them it's like yeah fuck it and it yeah. doesn't seem like they're flaunting it it just it seems like no it's they don't not, it doesn't care. seem like a yeah exactly it doesn't seem like a uh, in your face Response. I'm not gonna do what you yeah. want me to do man it's more like uh, is this anybody, is, oh, did we you, don't care if people are paying went, attention or not. You know? Yeah, I went back and started listening to early Ry Cooter albums, and so I'm going to make my, totally. the follow up to my Pete Shelley obsession. Um, yeah. You know, sound like a, a you know a sort of uh, a '70s uh, stu- session guy. Yeah, no, there's um, like some you know, uh, I mean, a little bit like Blitz and Trappin', maybe I don't know, like except yeah, for less I, kind I, of a little more, definitely more edge, I guess, more New York edge than a Blitz and Trappin' would have. Bits and Trapper was another band that, you know, would, would shape shift and, uh, you know, even looks wise, you just, you know, you'd be like, who, this is the weirdest, you know, this is not what I was expecting to come out of these guys. No, not at all. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my track and, uh, we can throw on, uh, throw on a song by the men or do we want to do, uh, throw on a song by the men. Let's do the, um, okay. which one do you want, or do you want to do your, your pop sensation? No, 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 hit the, hit the men. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, trust me, you'll be hearing enough of that on the radio. Um, let's do uh, Cool Water. I need 
Welcome back to the brother, brother, brother quarantine edition of What Are You Listening To? And uh, before we go into some oldies but favorites, um, I'm going to throw the last new 2020 album that you've been uh, listening to in. We, we have actually a bunch, but we picked three for this episode. Um, what's your third? I cheated and picked four, so oh, I'll do them both cheater. at the same time. Um, Andy Schauf's Neon Skyline. Yeah, I really... I've been digging this album a lot. Uh, it's been playing a lot in the house. And, um, again, it's it's another one of those ones where I'm, I'm going to just say that it is a very mellow singer-songwriter-y, but it's got some groove to it. It's got, uh, you know, the songs move. It's not, um, you know, it's not your it's sort not of boring. flat acoustic. It's not boring <laughs> at all. Um, and Andy Schauf uh, is from Regina, Saskatchewan, <laughs> and former drummer in a Christian band. I, I was uh, able yeah. to unearth the quick uh, Wikipedia turn, but um, sort of been kicking around for a few years, waiting. Um, and I, I kind of feel like it might be a Cas McCombs situation where you know the sort of consistent uh, consistency um, might be the enemy a little bit. Uh, there's it. I think he's growing as a as a singer and a songwriter. Hopefully, as a performer, um, as you saw him a couple years ago, and I thought he was a little boring. Yeah. Um, but to me, you know, there's there's a specificity to his writing that I really like. Um, it all sort of I think this song cycle, if I'm not mistaken, you know, takes the takes place over the course of an evening out uh, with parties and ups and downs and everything in between. But it's um, again, I think it's just the uh, it's the work of a songwriter who is getting better with every album. So uh, Andy Schauf, Neon Skyline. Um, you know what? What can I say? I, I don't know how really. To sort I, of I, I think you nailed this it. up. As m- it's not a pump up album, but uh, no. but I love this record and it's been a great record just to kind of throw on. And I think um, I think just kind of the storytelling, the kind of theme of the album and, and uh, like you said it, like I, I did see him a few years back with Christian actually at Rough Trade and uh, forgot that I'd seen him and that's not a knock on um, him necessarily right. it's just you know there's a lot of people that you see or, or you know kind of in passing and, and if they're not you know it was a solo show so you know if I didn't know the, the material it's kind of hard to get into but um, but I don't know that I need to like go back and dig through every album either I just really like this one yeah, I do too. I mean, it's sort of like uh, Kyle Kraft last year, but Kyle Kraft is a much more um, sort of dynamic. Yeah, he, I would um, say Kyle Kraft, we, we really dug the music and then live put us into an obsession, you know, like put us into, yeah. like, oh, everybody should hear this guy. And this one is, is almost, you know, um, you know, just one of those really good albums that's, uh, you know, I'm going to 
bore bore the shit out of everybody with that description. The one, the other album that I cheated and uh, added was is uh, the uh, new album by a quote new band uh, called Empty Country. Empty Country is essentially symbols eat guitar oh, symbols right. eat yeah. guitars um, with a name change uh, and not that much of a stylistic shift. It's another really solid, you know, sort of rocked out. Um, you know, uh, there's an, the earnestness that comes from the sort of Jersey, Staten Island, uh, where where he comes from, that you'd get with like a Springsteen or Gaslight Anthem, um, and at the same time, there is a uh, there's a there's a songcraft and a, and, a, and it, his songs are very well written. Joe Joe D'Agostino, Joseph D'Agostino is his name, and he's another and one that uh, kind of has a rotating cast, right? He's sort of the I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I kind of always thought Cymbal Z Guitars, who we saw years ago. Yeah, uh, maybe, I think we saw them on their first album. Maybe like 14 years ago or something, 12 years ago. ago. Wow, yeah, it really yeah. was. Yeah, uh, it's crazy. And and I was like, wow, this this is somebody who really doesn't, um, you know, want to garner a whole lot of attention. I mean, the name yeah, was... Not, uh, not the best band. It was just not... It was kind of a... <laughs> uh, not, a not very inviting, and, and you didn't know what it was going to... Sound like, but it was also, you know, just sort of one of those things you might avoid. We had the the luxury of seeing him before I heard, you know, before I really was forming an opinion from anything that I was reading, and um, you know, was very, very willing to follow him through um, the various uh, stages of his career because I liked the songs and the music so much. In fact, I think the first song that Christian ever put out onto the uh, yeah. Ten best songs of all time list was a Symbol Seed Guitars yeah. song, but again, it's for Empty Country, kind of like um, you know, kind of like a band like Waves or, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's a sort of consistency of emphasis. I mean, this is somebody who sings like a desperate person, uh, like a car seat headrest or something, but also. You know, the music is very accessible. He has a groundedness, yeah. and probably now that you say we saw him 15 years ago, a little bit of age advantage on some of those guys, too. You know, and maybe not, but he, he's yeah, always he had a, a teenager of, at the time. Yeah, no, I agree. But, I mean, he, you know, he's always had a bit of weightiness to his, like, maybe it is that, like, Jersey, Staten Island, Springsteen-ness stuff. That he didn't ever sound young. No, not at all. And um, and it's another band, too, that, uh, you know, and I, I say this not because... Um, because they're forgettable, but more because there's just a lot of music out there and that name is, is somewhat forgettable, but that I end up hearing or popping on and just remembering that, like, yeah, these, these this guy has a lot of talent and there's always, like, a really good song buried in kind of a, you know, mix of, of banging and, and guitar and stuff like that. Um, the guy can really, almost like uh, Isaac Brock a little bit, too, where like there's yeah, just some off really good. melodies and, and things like that that you you catch you know yeah there's some weird time changes and I actually if I'm not if I'm not mistaken I don't think I am I think he may have I think Charles Bissell from the Wrens might have been his guitar teacher he they're good friends I know that and yeah. I know that um, either Bissell has played with them at times or there there is some connection there. Um, yeah. And so that's so, enough of a endorsement from from yeah, brother, brother 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 to put anything. Yeah. King Charles <laughs> said. Um, cool. Well, yeah. My last one is uh, another New York based group. Um, you know, so before New York uh, falls apart, let's uh, give a shout out to all the bands from there. But Tennis is a new album. 
Swimmer. And, and this is a band that I think just consistently puts out, you know, you can kind of group them into like a retro-y, um, you know, Foxygen kind of world without the massive abuse of psychedelics. But, yeah, there's, uh, a, there's a lot of Serge Gainsbourg. Yeah, and they are very stylistic. But you know what? They put out great records. And it's another one, too, that I, I just... I have an affinity for bands that you can kind of pop on in any any um, any occasion, and you know people tend to just sort of like it. And and they're a band, and that's again a, a compliment, not anything because it's not because they're boring or anything like that. I just think they like have continue to grow and kind of you know move away from the sort of the original lo-fi sound they had, and become more and more kind of confident in their. Um, unabashed love of yeah like Sir Gainsborough and kind of like 60s avant-garde pop yeah there's there's a certain um space age cocktail party quality to the yeah to it's very album. like I want to smoke a cigarette and have like a really a strong cocktail bleu. which mm-hmm. I often do during quarantine <laughs> yeah that's a that's a that is the uh, accompaniment for cigarettes and alcohol is a key component of the quarantine record <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Well, cool. Uh, well, um, yeah, and I think you also like this album if you haven't given it as much time as I have. Um, but it's a, it's a great record and, and definitely like a uh, thrill on when you're um, cooking your sourdough. Is that what everyone's doing these days? Everybody's cooking something. Yeah. Cooking meth. Cooking. <laughs> so what, uh, uh, you know, we've been joking, you know, this new music we've been listening to, but I think we both have also gotten, been drawn back to some of our... Uh, our favorites and, and got into a habit of, of uh, listening to full albums again. And uh, so what, what have you been, uh, what's, what's been spinning at the Lewis household? It's um, I mean, the, the, the classics, I mean, the things that I consider classics, um, I, I would say, uh, let's see, I, the other day I woke up and at breakfast, I, by the end of, by the, from the beginning of breakfast to the end of, um, lunch, I would say, or, or beginning of cocktail hour, I think it was a Saturday. Um, I went from Abbey Road, Rumors, Slanted and Enchanted, um, Boy with the Arab, Boy from the Arab Strap, Sound Effects, I Can Hear the Heart Beating as One, and Remain in Light. Yeah, that's like, a, that, that is one plus of this forced um you know solitude or whatever you want to call it but um you know avoidance of of disease i guess but like the uh i've done similar thing i you know threw on funny enough slant enchanted uh what's the story morning glory oasis oh nice um which is a great album to pop on start to finish the smiths start to finish albums you know really trying to to remember what isolation was like half full of hollow which uh you know really is kind of the only thing you need by them minus three other singles it's so good um and then rumors as well because you can never go wrong with rumors because it's rumors yeah exactly the and uh and then um oh there was one other vinyl oh you know what uh yankee hotel foxtrot because i just got it on vinyl start to finish um which is also like an album that i've listened to a a million times but just kind of was fun to flip aside and hear what was next yeah, I think the one that I was, um, and I, I think I might have mentioned this last episode, but uh, Sound Effects by The Jam, I'd forgotten how every single song on that is a banger. Yeah, it's a great record. You turned me on to that years and years ago, and uh, I think it's, 
I had Snap by the Jam, which was sort of the collection. It was the greatest hits. Yeah, yeah which is excellent. But uh, that's probably album. the only album that I've owned by the Jam, and I loved it. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it just it never, I mean, other than completely uh, bald-facedly ripping off Taxman by the Beatles, which is not a crime, it's an it's a aspiration, um, you know, every single song on that is, is just, you know, pure. And it's, it's right, um, it's sort of uh, um, post-Angry Young Man jam and pre-full-on uh, R&B obsession, yeah. Paul Weller. Um, so you're getting that sort of, you're getting all the cool sort of Motown influence, but he's still singing about England with a Motown influence in the music, and it, it works perfectly. Yeah, nobody does that better, really. And I think in general, you know, like a Niccolo, Elvis Costello, like that that kind of realm of angry, good songwriter, angry young men. But um, nobody, like those guys were just so good at putting together like a cheery tune with like very uh you know like brutal bleak, subject matter yeah like lyrics as i'm reading you know say nothing <laughs> right now yeah um, nobody know, does I, nobody does a three minute class uh culture war pop song as good as the jam no definitely not and uh, i'll throw uh one other one that i totally um spaced about in that that jam piece is uh I did go back and listen to Armed Forces by Elvis Costello, which is another great one. Brilliant. Um, made me think of it. So, yeah. So, you know, quarantine ain't that bad. Yeah. For now. Yeah. We need, we um, need some, we need some, if anybody's looking for uh, sponsorship, I think uh, Wynn and I would be great sponsors for Drizzly, the alcohol delivery <laughs> app, and then, um, <laughs> you know, a few others that we can think of. <laughs> yeah. This, regardless of their willingness to participate, yeah, this <laughs> podcast is, is sponsored by Tito's. <laughs> exactly. Um, Jim Beam. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's hear a track, and then we'll come back and end this thing like we always do. Okay. Do you want to throw on? Uh, what do you want to throw on? Um. All right, I'm going to do it. Need your love by Tennis. Yeah, need your love. I was trying to. here but um i'm gonna throw it out anyway what are you listening to <laughs> uh, what am i not listening to these days it's uh 
Uh, it's tough. I just I killed the Tiger King. And I'm at the point where I'm watching like bad Pearl Jam documentaries, as I mentioned. Yeah, before. I, I am there. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Um, I did watch the Dirty Money um, Kushner. Uh, oh, Jerry Kushner episode. Yeah, so I will say, because if I mention anything else that I'm doing right now, I've, I've mentioned on previous podcasts, but uh, as of like our last recording. But that was interesting, and definitely um, be, be very aware of the Kushner family. Um, whatever your uh, views on Trump are, that is one evil group, and uh, and I think probably a lot brighter than those around them in a, in a bad way. So that was definitely worth checking out. And actually, that series is kind of interesting to me. I never really plugged into it, but um, I do want to check out a few more of those um, Dirty Money series on Netflix and then as well as that I have been just kind of podcasting out and uh, there's a the Ezra Klein show this week which I mentioned a lot on Vox Media is good and um, yeah I'm pretty boring this week so oh and then another yeah. plug for Drizzly the alcohol delivery app so <laughs> thank you for your <laughs> using that quite you. a bit <laughs> yeah um, I uh I've been, I'm kind of TV'd out. I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm reading The Splendid and the Vile, the, the Eric Larson, yes, Winston Churchill book. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I've, uh, I'm doing, which is, I, I think, sort of, you know, it is the 50-year-old equivalent, 50-year-old's equivalent of, of watching eSports, which is essentially watching other people play video games. I am connecting with my friends via text to mm-hmm. find out where they are in the shows that they're binging that I've seen before. Okay. So I'm basically having online text. I'm having text chains with friends about season five of Breaking Bad, season one of The Sopranos, and season four of The Wire wow. uh, all at the same time. And just in remembering how much I enjoy, what a thrill it was to watch those three shows. And also, you know, how it's, it's fun to vicariously experience them for the first time because, uh, you know, I've, I've been singing, um, that go- the gospel of for so long that to have somebody finally indulge in it, uh, and get through, you know, and, and basically have the, the bandwidth and the time to, to watch all five or six seasons of whichever show. Um, I'm checking in on friends who are watching other shows. That's how sad my life has become. Yeah. I was going to say, you're probably one of the most, uh, media plugged in, uh, and entertainment plugged in people I know. And, and probably at large as well. And uh, it's got to be hard for you because you've seen everything in red. Everything. I know. It's really <laughs> like I've got this ocean of time all of a sudden and I've seen everything. The, the shows that I am looking forward to watching, I've heard Baghdad Central on Hulu is good. Um, uh, again, I am watching uh, Plot Against America, Little Fires Everywhere as they unroll. Or as they roll out, and Ozark season three. I'm about halfway through that. Yeah, so, how is that, by the way, so far? It's uh, you know, as we said about uh, some several artists today, it is um, it's nothing if not consistent. And um, <laughs> uh, my wife said she had her first stress dream in a long time uh, because she went to bed after a, a episode of Ozark. But it, you know, they keep keeping keep finding new ways to. Um, to sort of botch life and, uh, and keep it going all the same. I mean, I do, I, one thing I will say is I think Jason Bateman, um, you know, I've always enjoyed Jason Bateman yeah, through like his entire career, save for Silver Spoons. And, um, I do think he's actually getting better as an actor as he gets older. And he, he, I 
think he is becoming one of the best directors in television as well. So is he directing? It's that? interesting. He's directing um, several episodes a season. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, no, I always liked him, too. He had a little bit of, like, uh, you know, one trick pony thing going for a while there, but I think he's mastered that, and that's nothing to be, like, a, you know, it's not a knock. It's When you can do that, it's really good. No, he's always the he's the eye of every storm. He's yeah. the, he's the centrifuge um, around which all the crazy revolves, but I think, you know, as he's getting more... Uh, as this character is is getting deeper and deeper into, uh, you know, several drug cartels, um, I think he's going to flip a switch and kind of be the dick that he was in The Gift or a couple nice. other movies that, you know, I think really suits him. He's really good at playing a calm, ha- having a calm veneer and being internally a complete douchebag. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> it's great. Love it. He wears it well. I love that guy. Anyway, yeah. all right, well, we will talk soon, and yeah, thank you Yeah, do you want to throw a song on the jukebox, or...? Oh, yeah, I do, actually. Sorry. Uh, no go ahead. Um, I'm going to do, just because it's, uh, I think, apropos submission by the Sex Pistols. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Um, I just read... Uh, in the paper that uh, Adam Schlesinger from uh, Fountains of Wayne has fallen ill with coronavirus and uh, is on a respirator currently. So I, in honor of uh, their power pop um, excellence, I actually I'm going to throw on Radiation Vibe by uh, Fountains of Wayne, probably a song you haven't heard in a long time. Nice. Cool. All right. Well, All right. Uh, stay indoors, stay safe, talk soon. I'll talk to you. I'm Wyndham Lewis. On behalf of my brothers, Jeremy Sartori and Christian Lewis, thank you very much for listening to the Brother, Brother, Brother podcast. Many thanks also to our heroic producer, Damian Kendall, and to Simon Doom for our epic intro music. Learn more about the pod at brotherpod.com, follow us on Twitter and Facebook, and it's extremely helpful if you rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks again for listening.